What are your favorite winter treat recipes? How do you keep them nutritious so that you stay healthy through the holidays? Our friends from Lutheran High School North and the St. Louis District Dairy Council in studio today to help us stay healthy and well-fed throughout the winter and the holidays. Thanks so much to our friends at Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting Faith and Family. Find out more about them at kfuo.org. In studio today, oh, it's a nutrition segment. It's so much fun. Our friends from the St. Louis District Dairy Council, Camille Smith, is our, our registered dietitian and nutrition educator from the St. Louis District Dairy Council. Welcome back, Camille. Thank you for the welcome. I'm delighted to be here, Andy. It is always fun because you always bring something nutritious and fun and a new recipe that I haven't tried each time. So something fun to, to try. I see the lineup today. I'm excited. I see some unusual things over there as well. Always festive. <laughs> I aim to please, Andy. And you you brought along one of your colleagues today, hiding her out. She's trying to hide in the background she there. She's trying to hide. Hi. <laughs> this is Jalen. She's one of our newer employees at St. Louis District Dairy Council. She came to, to help us out and to see how this is done. Jalen, welcome and welcome to the new experience of live food on radio. Thank you so much. And Facebook Live. If you're listening on KFUO, KFUO.org, uh, you can find us on Facebook as well. You can watch along Facebook.com slash KFUO. FUO Radio. You can see who's in studio and who's in studio today. A fun, energetic, lively group of students from Lutheran High School North. We have Taylor. Good morning, Taylor. Hi, good morning. <laughs> Isaiah in studio. Good morning, Isaiah. Good morning. And we have Taylor, too. Hi. Good morning, Taylor. And Caitlin. Good morning, Caitlin. Hi, good morning. Glad to have you all. And Mr. Brockman, our principal from Lutheran High School North, hanging out in the back here. Good morning, Mr. Brockman. Hey, good to be here. Uh, so let's see. Taylor, uh, Taylor 1 over here. Uh, what year are you at Lutheran High School North? <coughs> I'm a sophomore. A sophomore. What's your favorite class this year? Or can we can uh, we say what your favorite class is, or will that get you in trouble? Chemistry is my favorite class this year. Excellent. Uh, so are you going to analyze the, the, uh, the, uh, the makeup of the, the food that we're trying today? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Isaiah, how about you? What year are you? 2019. I'm a junior right now. Yeah? Yes, sir. What's your favorite class this year at Lutheran High School North? Algebra 2 Trig. Algebra 2 Trig. Excellent. Excellent. All right, Taylor 2, what year are you this, this year? I'm a freshman. A freshman? Wonderful. What's your favorite class as a freshman at Lutheran North? Um, I would have to say history. Excellent. Who's your history instructor? Um, Mr. Prollo. Wonderful, wonderful. Caitlin, good morning. What year are you, Caitlin? I'm a junior. You're a junior. Welcome. What is your favorite class at Lutheran High School North here in St. Louis? Uh, advanced Biology. Excellent. Excellent. Well, glad to have you all in studio. Looking forward to spending some time talking nutrition and even tasting some nutrition in studio. Have, do any of you have experience as being a, a taste test panel for a, a nutrition segment before? No. No, <laughs> so you all are new at this, and uh, I've had the opportunity to do this for a while, and uh, Camille has been a fantastic nutrition educator. She's tossing, looks like a beautiful salad right here in studio. Salad, that, that sounds healthy. It, it does. It does. And it should be, yeah. It's got a lot of healthy components. <laughs> I hope it tastes delicious, too. Camille, what do you aim for when when you're when you're talking about uh, winter recipes and, and and even treats as well? What do you aim for when it comes to nutrition? 
Well, number one is going to be flavor. Obviously, um, flavor is important. I am a registered dietitian, so so when I think about nutrition, I think about our choices from day to day. That's what we need to pay attention to. But when it comes to the holidays and it comes to some special times of year, it's okay to include some treats and really enjoy those treats. So today, I did not hesitate to include some treats. I was also thinking in terms of today's program, I wanted to maybe bring in some different flavors, maybe some things that you weren't accustomed to. And and, um, and that's why I chose our first recipe. Um, and especially since we're on Facebook Live today and we would have an opportunity to maybe see some of your facial expressions when you <laughs> taste this, <laughs> I thought that would bring an extra element of fun. So fun is always included when I cook. Absolutely. And uh, the past, your, your, your track record certainly proves that as well. Creativity and fun uh, when you come to the studio and bring us something nutritious. So first up, we're going for something this is a salad. This is a salad. And of course, in all these recipes, um, I wanted to make sure that I highlighted delicious dairy products. So this one is going to highlight a certain cheese called gorgonzola, gorgonzola cheese. Have any of you ever tasted gorgonzola? I see some eyebrows that are <laughs> maybe skeptical at Okay, best. what comes to mind when you hear gorgonzola cheese? I think of like feta cheese. Feta? Okay. Do you like feta? Yes. Yeah. Anybody had gorgonzola before? Mm-mm. Don't know if you've had gorgonzola? I don't think so. All right. Tell us a, a little bit about Gorgon's. What do you want us to know about Gorgonzola before? Well, I'll, I'll taste start off with a little story. This this past semester at St. Louis District Dairy Council, we started working with middle school and high school family and consumer science classes, so foods classes. And it sounds like two of you are actually in foods classes. Yes, ma'am. So you know, so we've been going into foods classes and offering them a a cheese tasting and and sampling five different kinds of cheese. And in the classes I've visited, one of the cheeses we've featured is gorgonzola. And a lot of the students have really been, I've seen those same raised eyebrows that you're showing me, Isaiah. have been a little bit skeptical when they tried it on its own. So I thought, well, maybe this morning we could try that same cheese, which does is maybe an acquired taste. It's a little unfamiliar. Maybe try it with some things that it pairs really nicely with in a salad. So gorgonzola, we know, pairs nicely with apricots. I think it's nice with fruit, maybe with honey. Um, So with this salad, I chose to create a dressing that uses pear puree as well as honey and... um, and, and also some pears in the salad. So kind of to give it an extra chance to be accepted by high school students. <laughs> <laughs> some other places uh, I've seen gorgonzola is, uh, isn't that traditionally in a Cobb salad as well? I believe so. Or, or blue cheese. Mm-hmm. Um, is, they're the same, aren't they? I, Are they? I think that they're a little bit different. Uh-huh. Um, though I don't think I can speak too intelligently as to the the distinct differences. They look similar. With any blue cheeses, you'll see kind of a grayish, greenish, bluish vein running through it. And that's that's a mold that's Mm -hmm. in the cheese and totally edible, totally delicious. Um, But it does have a distinct flavor. Um, The gorgonzola might be a little bit more mild um, than the blue cheese. Steak, I believe, is it, it's also paired with steak from time to time. I've seen that in, in restaurants. Not that I go to a lot of fine restaurants. Have you ever seen that, a, a steak served with gorgonzola or maybe a blue cheese? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a lot of times if we grill and, and we have leftover beef, we, we have leftover steak, I'll usually serve that on a salad with gorgonzola. I like how they pair together, too. Excellent. Excellent. All right, the samples are coming around. When you receive your sample, you're welcome to go ahead and dig right in. Give it a try. 
everyone's see, approaching it very cautiously. Everyone's so quiet. <laughs> Pass them down, yeah. You'll see that I also brought um, my ingredients, a couple of my ingredients with me, and I, I saw Andy kind of eyeing some of my ingredients um, with a, again, a, a, a different kind of eyebrow look. <laughs> <laughs> and one of them I brought is some some pear baby food. So it's really like the, the kind of baby food that you can purchase at the grocery store that's already blended up. Um, and I use that as sort of... Um, to, to cheat a little bit so I don't have to get out my food processor when I'm making this dressing. And some people who are making their own dressing using a fruit puree might do that so that they can decrease the like the oil or the fat in the dressing. Um, and still, you know, when you make a dressing, you want to make sure that that dressing coats the lettuce pretty well. And that, that baby food consistency does a good job of coating the lettuce. Mm. So you have to rely less on, on, on oil. I did include some oil too, just because it tastes <coughs> good and... Um, wanted to coat additionally. And then you don't have to get out the food processor to make that as well. Yeah, I mean, that's just a big mess. I hear uh, I hear and see some sampling going on here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see some smiles, too. I see some smiles. Water. A little water to <laughs> cleanse the palate. Yeah. Initial response. What's your, your initial response here? Oh. I, uh, Taylor's. Uh, Taylor yeah, um, I like it. Kind of tastes like blue cheese. So you've so, tried blue cheese before? Yeah. All right. And what's your, your take on blue cheese? Uh, it's okay. Sometimes I don't like it. Sometimes I do. It mm-hmm. just depends on what, it, what it's with. Aha. Uh-huh. I'm kind of the same way when it comes to various foods. It depends on what it's paired with. So how does the, uh, the, the pear dressing work with the, the cheese in this? Good. Nice compliment to it? Yeah. All right. Caitlin, what's your, your take on uh, the, the gorgonzola and the salad? I like it. I would probably eat it again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody else has a. Full <laughs> Everyone else is still chewing. I don't want to interrupt. <laughs> Taylor, I mean uh, Isaiah. Isaiah's cleansing the palate here. Um, We're gonna get some more water for Isaiah. Yeah, you got some more water. We do. We have some more for you. <laughs> Isaiah, what's your take? It tastes like blue cheese. Mm, I wouldn't prefer to eat it again. Mm-hmm. It was a nice. Nice try. I like it. Okay. okay. All right. Taylor? Um, it's okay. Um, I really wouldn't eat it again unless I can't really taste the cheese. Like, I like the cheese, but for me, it kind of overtakes the salad. Ah, uh, how would you describe the, 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 the flavor or the taste of the cheese? Um, when you first taste the salad, it tastes kind of like sweet. And like, I like the first taste. But then after a minute, after you start chewing, it's like you taste like, a strong dairy flavor, like a strong cheese flavor. A strong cheese like, flavor. Yes, I can't describe a, it. An aged cheese. Yes, like it's just been sitting. Uh huh. Now some might have a palate that really enjoy that. That's not uh, not your favorite. Mm-mm. Yeah. How would you de- how would you describe anyone else want to describe how the uh, the 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 taste the um, what's the What's the word for that? I want to say aftertaste, but there's a nicer word than that. It's <laughs> a good word for that. It's it's distinctive. That's it's for distinct. sure. It's it's. Some people say pungent. Um, what other great adjectives have you, high school students? Oh. Your lovely vocabulary. <laughs> <laughs> um, doesn't pungent mean flavorful? Uh, I would. Uh, it could be or strong. Yeah. yeah. Strong. Mm-hmm. And and a lot it's of very people. Distinct think that that has a maybe a negative connotation but not necessarily um we actually recently at my family had a discussion about that word and and its connotations 
So gorgonzola can be paired with a, it can be uh, included in a salad, paired with steak. What were some other things you matched it with? You said with pears, honey, honey, with apricots, um, with with pears. Um, yeah, and and so that's kind of how I tried to feature it in this salad. And and I I probably put in maybe a good healthy amount. So I did want to make sure you, you taste it. But as you're kind of noting, maybe a little goes a long way, perhaps a small portion of it, especially if you're serving it to people who, who might be their first their first dip into um, blue cheeses, maybe a, a small portion would, would satisfy or even keeping it on the side so people have the option. Um, but I must say, you all have fantastic attitudes and I love how brave you are to try maybe something that maybe might not be your very favorite thing, but you're open to it. And that I think that that's going to that's going to serve you well in life, um, being willing to try new stuff. That also makes a difference when it comes to nutrition, too. I mean, we're uh, we're looking for foods that not only we like, but also that are going to benefit us when it comes to nutrition as well. So that um, you've talked about this before, the the broader our our diet is the uh, the more nutrition we're going to in, incorporate too. If we're eating the same things all the time, then that might um, exclude some nutrition that we need. Exactly. Yeah, getting a variety of foods from all of the food groups is is really important. Um, so every single food group provides kind of a different nutrient profile. So if you're omitting any one food group, you know, for a period of time, then you're really missing out on the benefits that that food group provides. So um, so dairy is one of those food groups that really provides nine essential nutrients. It's one that sometimes people will leave out of their their diet plan. And that's, that's really, uh, you know, an, an unfortunate thing, uh, making sure that you fit in every single one of those food groups benefits benefits your body in some way. So so pay attention from time to time. Check in and say, hey, am I, am I checking all those food groups or not? So we've covered gorgonzola. Now we're moving to another cheese category. We are. So this is a different category. And cheeses can be classified into eight different categories. So you've already tried the blue-veined, the gorgonzola cheese. And the next one that we're going to try is soft ripened. And the one that I've brought with me today is brie. Have any of you tried brie? No, ma'am. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Again, I love the expressions in this group. <laughs> um, got some very expressive eyes. Um, Anybody studied French language or French culture before? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I have. Brie is a French <laughs> cheese, right? Indeed it is. I remember uh, when I studied French language and culture in high school, uh, we had the opportunity to sample brie and camembert. And, uh, and I enjoyed it. I like the, uh, the, the soft cheese. Now, it's a soft, ripened cheese. Now, what does that mean when it's ripened? What, I know that fruits and vegetables ripen. What does it mean for a cheese to ripen? That's a really good question. So it's it's aged. Um, this this kind of cheese is aged. And the thing with with brie is you mentioned that it's traditionally French, and the kind that we're serving today is a domestic. It's you know I think that this one was created in in Wisconsin, and um, and it's also the difference there is in in the United States we used pasteurized milk. Whereas um, in France, it might be an unpasteurized milk. You'll have a little bit of a difference in flavor. Theirs might be a little more creamy and rich. Um, this one might be a little bit more mild. Um, but that, that that ripening and that aging um, creates the flavor profile that, that we find in this cheese. And you'll also notice in brie cheese that if you see the, the wheel of it, um, I brought I brought in the packaging of it because I think the packaging is actually so pretty. It's this it's this round um, 
<laughs> little, little box. And um, I like to repurpose things too. They make a cute little gift box around the holidays. So if anybody <laughs> would like to take this box home. Um, so it comes in a little wheel that fits in, in this little box. You unwrap it and you'll see, as you can see on your samples, that there's kind of the, the, the creamy, milky color in the middle. But then around the outside of the the cheese sample, there's a white coating, mm -hmm. which which is an edible rind. Um, and they actually inoculate that um, that pasteurized milk and cheese product with um, to to create that rind. So, hmm. um, so did you never knew so much about cheese? <laughs> mm -mm. I'm excited. Can I try a little bit of the the, the brie as well? So this is a, a baked brie. Is that right? This is a baked brie. Yes. So if you were serving brie on its own, it would be delicious with um, with with crackers or with fruit. Um, but we did choose to to bake this one. So um, I, what I did this morning is wrapped it in a puff pastry. So kind of a, a flaky, delicious pastry. And to make a puff pastry is quite a, a labor of love. And I, I, lo I love y'all, but, um, <laughs> but I did not make my own puff pastry. Um, I purchased a frozen puff pastry, which comes in a, in a sheet in the frozen section, kind of folded up. It's a frozen sheet. You let it thaw out and, um, and then you plop your... Um, your your wheel of brie into the middle of it, and I chose to put in an apple um, an apple butter as well as some pecans. So um, mm. and then kind of wrapped that up, flipped it over, put an egg wash on it to give it a nice sort of golden brown look, and sprinkled some more pecans on the top. Um, so so you could serve it alone or in a in a pastry. Kind of adds an extra element of deliciousness and maybe richness. All right. I'm, I'm interested to hear your response on the baked brie. This is, uh, anybody had baked brie before or brie in general? No. no. All right. What's your response? We'll start over here with Caitlin. Um, I liked it. It was really sweet. I liked that part. Was that the, the apple butter? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. It was a, what did you think about the combination, the, the pastry, the, uh, the apple butter, the cheese? I think it went well. I think it really complemented each other. Mm-hmm. Taylor? Well, I didn't really get a chance to try it. Oh, you didn't get it yet? But um, okay. it looks very appetizing. Mm -hmm. All right. Isaiah? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Enough said. It had a distinct flavor. I liked it. But I would try it again. It doesn't really taste like cheese to me. It tastes like something I can't even describe. It, like something else. Mm -hmm. Well, look greasy. It looked, looked greasy on top. I, overall, I liked it. And Taylor, what what was your Taylor one? Um, I liked it. It tasted. Uh, <laughs> it tasted good. I kind of liked how it tasted with the apple. Mm -hmm. And I like puff pastry, so that was good. I like the slight salty with the sweet combination. Yeah, I like that. Where does where does cheese fit in? in your palate or in your lifestyle? Do you eat cheese on a regular basis or for a snack or in meals? When when, and where do you eat cheese? Oh, I'll go. Uh, you wanna go? Yeah, sure. Um, I eat cheese with my goldfish. They are cheese. <laughs> with your crackers? Uh, uh, I kinda drink milk sometimes, so I guess that's kinda cheese, but not cheese. Dairy. Dairy, <laughs> uh, but otherwise I don't eat cheese that much. Isaiah, not on a regular basis? Not on a regular basis, usually on a burger or something else. <laughs> kind of like an accessory? Yes, ma'am. Uh -huh. Okay. Taylor? 
Um, when I fix my breakfast in the morning, when I fix eggs, I like to put cheese mm -hmm. with my eggs. What kind of cheese do you put on your eggs? Um, just regular American, mm -hmm. shredded. Caitlin, how about you? Um, I wouldn't say eat cheese as often, but when I do, it's usually on pizza or like a cheese stick. Mm. So mozzarella. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I eat cheese all the time. <laughs> I love cheese. I certainly do too. And especially as I've started paying attention more to kind of um, my hunger cues throughout the day, I found that cheese really, um, well, of course, helps me get the calcium that I need to, to keep my bones strong. Um, but the protein that's in cheese, mm -hmm. I find really valuable um, to pair up at my meals and my snacks because that protein that you, that you find in cheese, it kind of helps keep your battery charged, right? So when you pair it up with a piece of fruit or with a grain, you mentioned a cheese stick, pair that up with, with some other food group, it will really keep you satisfied for a while. And I really like that part of, of the, the, the feeling that it gives me. But I also know that especially um, I'm female and in your high school students, your calcium needs are also pretty high. Um, so we have to make sure that we're, that we're covering our calcium bases and choosing foods that are rich in calcium. And, and dairy foods certainly are those. And you mentioned milk is, is an excellent way to get it. But, but cheese, I feel like, is a really easy way to, mm -hmm. to get in that really important nutrient of, um, of calcium. So, so I like that you use it as an accessory. I hope it happens frequently. <laughs> I like it because it's so flavorful. Now, this uh, baked brie that we did today is more of an appetizer, but I could eat this as an entree. Sometimes my family <laughs> See, does Jaylen that. Jalen agrees with me. This I could eat the whole thing as an entree. I don't know if that's a good idea or not, but it's delicious. I wouldn't judge. I wouldn't judge. <laughs> In fact, my family has done that too. We might pair it up with with a veggie plate, um, maybe a nice salad, and um, and we'll turn it into a meal. We have some some meals that are pretty simple like that. This is another dish that um, when I prepared it for the family and consumer science classes in local local um, high schools and middle schools, those students even kind of walked away and said, I might make this over the holidays because I demonstrated how to prepare it. And it only requires a good four or five ingredients. So it's prepared pretty simply. And to a lot of people, is pretty fancy. This mm -hmm. to me is fancy. When we eat brie, that's that's kind of fancy pants. Mm -hmm. So it impresses your relatives or your friends <laughs> who you might be entertaining yeah. over the holidays. So consider consider that as a you know a, an elevated kind of um, holiday option. So if you're looking for it in the the grocery store, or the supermarket, B R I E, right? Brie. Correct, B R I E, and and I. I for for my family, it's a little bit of a, a splurge, but it's one that you share with with a lot of people. So so this this was anywhere from I think maybe five ninety nine to seven ninety nine for the domestic kind in this um, eight ounce wheel. So and once you share that with a, a, a good amount of people and you know, share it with eight other people, it, it becomes pretty economical, but a treat nonetheless. And if you're in the foods class this semester, you have to make your own puff pastry. Otherwise, you're allowed to buy the pre-made puff pastry. <laughs> if you make the puff pastry, please report back to me. I would I would love to learn how. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody, uh, any bakers in the room? Anybody like to bake? I like to make uh, cheesecake. Oh, Taylor's my new friend. <laughs> we need to talk. What's your specialty when it comes to cheesecake? What's What do um, you like about cheesecake? I make salted caramel cheesecake. <sighs> She's my new best friend. <laughs> mm. See, we should have had Taylor bring some stuff too today. I know. That's the next project, Andy. Can we collaborate on that? <laughs> when, do you, when do you make your salted caramel cheesecake? What occasions? Uh, Christmas time mm. and sometimes during Thanksgiving. Excellent. Well, let me know when it's ready. <laughs> well, a... I have enjoyed the cheeses. What else, anything else we need to know about cheese before we move into our next segment in just a little bit? 
Well, as I mentioned, there are eight different categories of cheese. So I know that the ones that, that we tried today might not be the our, our go-to cheeses necessarily, and that's okay. I don't expect them to be, but I'm glad that, that you were at least, you were brave enough to try them. Um, you might revisit them sometime, maybe pair them with something else to see if maybe you prefer them um, paired with something else uh, a little bit better. But uh, there are plenty of other cheeses that, that you can um, enjoy around the holidays and any time of year. So we've got other cheeses like our hard cheeses, semi-hard, even pasta filata, which which is like the mozzarella, um, mozzarella is in that category, even processed cheese, like you mentioned, American cheese. So so find a find mm-hmm. a cheese that that tastes good to you, that fits in your budget and um and, and that you really enjoy and, and enjoy it in moderation. A small a small portion really does benefit your body in terms of calcium. So one and a half ounces is considered a serving of cheese. So so don't hesitate to work that into your meal plan regularly. And I think one of the things that you've shared before is and you've mentioned today as well is pairing cheese, what you're pairing it with. And I think that's what you all expressed as well. It, it really depends on what you're pairing it with, what's it, what it's served with or, or even cooked or baked with as well makes a difference. And I see you have in your hand, the handy dandy guide, the, uh, the St. Louis District Dairy Council cheese pairing guide, isn't it? Pleasing pairings with cheese. Pleasing pairings with cheese. And I, I use this as a, as a cheat sheet when I'm trying to talk about cheeses that are not so familiar to me because I'm still, I'm still new to the cheese world um, and get really excited when I get to sample new cheeses. I haven't tried them all. And certainly as a high school student, I don't think that I had tried more than a handful Mm -hmm. of cheeses at all. So, so you've got, (laughs) you've got a leg up on, on some other adults who haven't had much exposure to a lot of cheeses. And I know there are some stores here in the St. Louis area and around the country too, where you can go to the cheese department and they'll let you sample the cheese to decide what you like. Yeah. You could even make a career out of that. There are some people who are cheese mongers. They go through certain, (laughs) they they do, they go through training to, to be experts on cheese and they're experts on, on the flavor of cheese. And they can instruct you on how much of it to buy. If you're serving how many people, what you might want to pair it with. And, um, yeah, they're, they're cheese. It's a real credential. Mm -hmm. I'm not sensing that passion for cheese on our panel today. No, no. Not yet. Not yet. It's an undiscovered uh, undiscovered passion for cheese. We need to take a quick break. When we come back from that break, we'll continue talking with our students from Lutheran High School North as we uh, we sample great nutritious uh, recipes from our friend Camille Smith at the St. Louis District Dairy Council. You're listening to Faith and Family on Worldwide KFUO. Concordia University, Wisconsin, and Mequon overlooks a half mile of beautiful Lake Michigan shoreline. CUW campus is located 15 miles north of Milwaukee with over 70 undergraduate majors, 28 graduate degree programs, and doctorate programs in pharmacy, physical therapy, occupational therapy, and nursing practice. CUW offers online learning and accelerated learning at one of nine Wisconsin centers and one in St. Louis. Traditional or accelerated education, CUW has the program for you. CUW.edu. Faith and Family is a production of KFUO Radio. Christ for you anytime, anywhere since 1924. Text the letters KFUO to 41444 to join the legacy with your tax-deductible gift. This is Life Issues with Brad Mattis, President of Life Issues Institute. 
Good news from the Centers for Disease Control, which report the number of abortions in America continues to decline. There are multiple reasons for fewer babies being sacrificed on the altar of abortion. Mostly, it's the effective job of the collective pro-life movement. Pro-life pregnancy resource centers offer hope and life-affirming alternatives and they show mothers their babies on ultrasound. Sidewalk counselors provide 11th hour reprieves for many thousands of babies. Pro-life legislation on the state and federal level are diminishing the number of lives lost. But the underpinning of all these gallant efforts is pro-life education. It's the foundation on which we build all the other victories. Every pro-life action employs education, the truth about abortion that saves lives. Like us on Facebook at Life Issues and stay informed, more informed than you've ever been. Worldwide KFUO salutes our day sponsors on this Tuesday, December 12, 2017. Today's day sponsors are Matt and Lee Shedler. Today's day sponsors have made a contribution to Worldwide KFUO Radio. In thanksgiving to the Lord for 25 years of Christian marriage, for a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Once again, we say thank you to Matt and Lee Shedler of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, today's Worldwide KFUO Day sponsors. Do you know that the Lutheran Women's Missionary League has been proclaiming the gospel message and helping the hungry, homeless, and hurting for 75 years? Do you know that over the next two years, LWML is providing mission grants to 22 domestic and international ministries? Do you know that these grants total $2,075,000? Now that you know just a little bit about LWML, visit LWML.org to learn more. That's LWML.org. Proverbs 27, 17 tells us, Iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. That's why weekday mornings at 8 a.m., two Missouri Synod pastors test their mettle against the Holy Scriptures, certain that not only will they come out better for it, but so will you. The sword of the Spirit is sharp to the touch, but you need practice wielding it. Check out Sharper Iron, 8 a.m. every weekday on Worldwide KFUO. Think fast. In the short time it takes to listen to this message, a small flame can turn into a big fire. Several minutes more and thick, poisonous smoke may have filled your lungs and reduced your ability to respond. Give it five and your entire home may be filled with flames. Keep breathing. We've got you. Don't let your world go up in smoke. Have working smoke alarms and keep children three feet away from anything that gets hot. Learn more at usfa.fema.gov because fire is everyone's fight. Your smartphone takes you anywhere instantly. At a click, you can read, watch, or hear just about anything. Some websites are good, some are bad. Some sites truthful, and others are deceptive. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Hear the truth of Jesus daily on Worldwide KFUO. Using today's smartphone technology, KFUO brings the gospel to you wherever you are. KFUO is just a click away, 24 hours a day. KFUO.org.
Welcome back to Faith and Family. I'm Eddie Bates. It is Nutrition Day in studio with Camille Smith, our nutrition educator, dietitian from St. Louis District Dairy Council, and our panel for taste testing from Lutheran High School North. We have Taylor, Isaiah Taylor, and Caitlin, two Taylors in studio. It's like twice the fun. Uh, <laughs> students from Lutheran High School North here in St. Louis providing some honest feedback for us on nutrition for these these winter uh, recipes and treats. Uh, we just sampled some uh, some cheeses, and now moving on to a new category when it comes to dairy. It's one of my favorite segments here on Faith and Family. It's a privilege. Uh, Camille, what are we moving into now? We are transitioning to some cocos. Um, somebody in your studio has informed me that today, tomorrow, someday this week is National Cocoa Day. And we need to celebrate <laughs> National Cocoa Day. Also, it at least in, in the Midwest and in, in St. Louis, it's finally gotten cold. And, and sometimes <laughs> treating yourself to a really nice, warm cup of, of something um, really warms the body and helps helps kind of nourish you a little bit. So thought we'd sample some some cocos today. Cocoa. All right. Who are who are the fans of hot cocoa in the house? All right. all fans of hot cocoa. When when do you typically have? What's the perfect scenario for hot cocoa for you, Taylor? Um, when it's really cold in my house. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I'm watching Netflix and I'm on a Grey's Anatomy. Uh huh. <laughs> so yeah, you're just... you're snuggled up, I bet, with a nice warm blanket, yeah. having a, hup, a cup of hot cocoa when it's chilly and catching some some uh, shows on Netflix. Sometimes when it's warm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Isaiah, what's the perfect scene for you for your hot cocoa? When it's snow outside, mm-hmm. all our families together. Just in the living room talking about it doesn't even matter, just talking. <laughs> How about Taylor? Um, I can drink hot chocolate any day of the year, but preferably in the winter. Preferably in the winter, but any time of year. I'm with you. Yeah, I like it just about any time of year, but those chilly nights in the winter, that's the, the I think the, the perfect time for it. Caitlin, how about you? Perfect time for a perfect scene for hot cocoa. As soon as it gets cold outside, I'm mm-hmm. making hot cocoa. Now, do do you have a, a favorite recipe? How do you go about hot cocoa? Are you the packet kind of person? Yeah. Or do you have to, okay. How <laughs> Packet people or or do you make your have your own recipe for hot cocoa? Packets. Packets. Yes, quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the packets, the, the powder. All right. All right. So these are not packets today. They're not packets today. And in fact, um, when we move on to our fifth recipe, um, I can I can give us a little bit of a, a life hack that can uh, help us avoid packets if we would want to avoid packets. Not that there's anything wrong with packets, but if you would like to DIY something, I can teach you how. Oh my, this is looking Ooh. fancy. Oh, I'm I feel like when I come to the studio with all these foods, I feel like the cat in the hat. I usually make a <laughs> a, a big old mess and then <laughs> um, and assure you that I prom- I'll, I'll clean it up. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> I, I, the samples are coming through. So what are we sampling this in this round? This first beverage is a minty white chocolate. And um, I feel like even though that sounds like a toothpaste flavor, <laughs> it really, it's not, it's, it's not going to help your teeth. You still need to brush your teeth really well. Unlike mm-hmm. cheese, it doesn't have um, dental health benefits um, besides the, the calcium and vitamin D there in the milk. But this is a minty white chocolate. I made it with, um, with melted white chocolate and whole milk and um, and some vanilla, and then decided to make a a whipped cream that um, that has some peppermint chunks in it, some little broken up peppermint pieces in the whipped cream. So crushed peppermint in your whipped cream. Yeah. What do you think of that? Has it 
Is it still there, or is it, has it kind of melted? Or <laughs> it's all it's still fresh. Yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> you drink it all up. But I, I think it's uh, going quickly. Uh, what's your response? This was a, a minty white chocolate. Minty white chocolate, yes. Feedback? Yeah. yeah I, could t- I could definitely taste the mint. You can taste the mint? Yeah, strong. It tastes like mouthwash at first. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I'm having trouble pleasing Isaiah. <laughs> But what you didn't say whether you liked it or didn't like oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I loved it. I loved it. It's going now. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor, what was your take on it? Uh, I liked it a lot. I like how it was minty. The peppermint tasted good. Mm-hmm. And I liked how it tasted afterwards. Makes my mouth feel clean. <laughs> nice and minty fresh. Taylor? Um, I actually like it better than regular hot chocolate. But um, I like the, the cold um, whipped cream and then like the hot chocolate. Ah, the contrast of cold whipped cream on top of the hot chocolate, and it's melting quickly. It's melting quickly. Caitlin? I'm usually not really a white chocolate fan, but like, I really like that. <laughs> and I really like the peppermint, because mm. I love peppermint. Yes, I I have a friend who says that uh, white chocolate isn't really chocolate. I know, but it is. It is. It's delicious. It is. And I, I'm not usually the biggest fan of mint, but when you pair it with chocolate, mm-hmm. I somehow I become a fan. And the funny thing about having a mustache and whipped cream is entertaining. <laughs> I'm glad that we have Facebook Live for that. I know. Mr. Brockman's sampling some back there. What's your, your take on it, Mr. Brockman? Excellent. Yeah, really good. Excellent. I like, I like the white chocolate as well. And the peppermint isn't overpowering. It's just enough to add a little extra. And make nice. and leave you minty fresh. Indeed, yes. <laughs> Still, again, brush your teeth at least twice a day. Um, <laughs> maybe eat a piece of cheese after after this segment because it will um, have some benefits for for keeping cavities away. Um, I will I will say that before I put before I sealed the the top of the thermos to bring this this morning, I thought, well, I wasn't convinced that. Um, that it had enough minty flavor. So I did drop one little um, candy cane <laughs> in it to just um, let it dissolve while while we waited for this segment. So um, I, I think Andy Andy knows this. I'll, I'm generally okay at following a recipe, but I don't have a fantastic track record for always following a recipe. And sometimes that, that results in disaster, but sometimes it, <laughs> sometimes it results in some things that, um, some new discoveries. So don't I, hesitate to, to, to test and, and play. I've never witnessed a disaster yet when Camille brings us recipes. Now, I am curious though, if you snuck any beets in anything today. I wouldn't tell you if I did. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No beets today, but, but just in case you're to join us again, sometimes I do like to sneak in beets because they're a personal favorite. <laughs> Adding more, uh, more vegetables and nutrition. This one is bright. This in, one in is color. bright. So Andy, I told you that I, that I may have accidentally snuck in one bonus recipe today because this morning I was making the peppermint, um, the minty white chocolate and, um, and chose to use, um, chose to use candy canes to, to provide the mint flavor and the candy cane packet or the candy cane box that I purchased came with green ones and red ones. (laughs) And the green ones are wintergreen. And, um, and I started thinking wintergreen. Again, I told you I don't eat a lot of mint. It's not always my favorite, um, but I do like wintergreen. And I remember when I was camping as a kid, we would eat the wintergreen mints, and when you bit into them, it would make a spark in the dark. So I have fond memories of wintergreen and thought, well, why is wintergreen never in a, in a hot chocolate? Why is, why is it never paired with chocolate? And so today, we paired it with white chocolate. <laughs> I, I introduce you to the, what am I calling this? 
the, my wintergreen experiment. <laughs> <laughs> now, wintergreen, there are different types of, of <clears throat> mint and the, in those flavors. There, wintergreen and spearmint are different, right? Yes. And I, I don't know a whole lot about the, the distinction, except that they taste different. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you probably can't, you can see this on Facebook Live, but on the, on the radio, you can't see, but these, these cups are full of a, a really gorgeous green liquid. I don't know if they can see that on Facebook Live. Can, probably can't see it, can you? Oh, I don't know. Maybe you can. All right. Wintergreen. What did you call this? Well, I guess it's another minty white chocolate, or you can call it Camille's Wintergreen Experiment. <laughs> <laughs> another mint one. What do you think? What's what's your take, uh, Caitlin? It's different, <laughs> but it's a good different. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Taylor? Um, well, at first the color kind of threw me off, but, um... <laughs> You're like, she snuck in some kale. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> it was very different for me and a different flavor, but it's not, it's not too bad. Uh, I see Keel, uh, Camille writing down notes. Kale, that would have been a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Taylor, over here. Um, I kind of liked it. It kind of tasted like NyQuil, though. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. But okay. I, I, promise I think you the green no color kind of threw me off. Isaiah? Mm. He's, he's unique flavor forming his words I'm 0 for 4 with Isaiah that's okay he's he keeps that he keeps smiling so that that'll keep me trying <laughs> so uh, what was this recipe again this was a white chocolate hot- this is yeah this is a white I, I kind of did some exploring online for various recipes mm-hmm. and sort of came up with one that that had that utilized the ingredients that I had so um so I used white chocolate I just used a bar of white chocolate and broke it up into into bits and um and I simmered some whole milk it, when you're when you're making hot chocolate you can you can use, use any whole kind milk. yeah you can use any kind of milk that you prefer you're going to re- receive the same nutritional benefits whether it's fat free milk 1% 2% or whole milk I did go with whole milk just because it it tastes a lot fuller um it has the difference is it has more fat in it than does a, a reduced fat milk so I chose to use whole whole milk just so it's it tastes like more of a treat has a richer mouth feel so you warm that up you have to be careful to keep stirring it constantly so it doesn't scorch on the bottom Wait until that white chocolate is mixed in. It also has, um, per serving, or, sorry, per four servings, has one teaspoon of vanilla in it. Mm. And um, and then once I, once I got that basic white chocolate cocoa recipe completed, I divided it and mm. um, and just used crushed crushed peppermint and crushed wintergreen um, to achieve <laughs> the, the minty flavor that you um, enjoyed or are still thinking about. <laughs> Now, based on my my hot cocoa experience and hot chocolate experience here with the, the St. Louis District Dairy Council, this falls into another category because it has melted chocolate bar in it. So it's technically hot chocolate. As opposed to a cocoa. As opposed to a cocoa. Yes. The, when, it, when you use the cocoa powder, then it would be hot cocoa. Uh, I think we owe that to, I think it was Laura. Yes. Uh, Laura Morton, who shared that with us. So, yes. so that's technically a hot. Did you know that that there's a difference between hot chocolate and hot cocoa? Uh, no. <laughs> there is. So, if you're using a powder like a cocoa powder, then it's hot cocoa. But if you're melting chocolate like Camille did today, melting white chocolate, then it's hot chocolate. Yeah. 
And I learned just a, a little, you know, search on the internet that hot cocoa and hot chocolate are actually uh, international. It, it, it started, I believe, with the the Mayan culture, but has spread around the world to to Europe and then uh, all around the world as well. And is a, a treat in many cultures around the world. And and all have taken, uh, you know, their. Many varieties on it with their their own cultural influences. Interesting. Thanks for mm-hmm. doing that homework. <laughs> well, it's hot cocoa and hot chocolate. Why would I not want to learn about it? You always go the distance. <laughs> Again, I'm making a making a nice mess over here, but I'm keeping it contained. It's all right. Just my my person. So we have another round coming across the uh, across the panel. <laughs> Stop at just two rounds of cocoa. Oh, no, no. <laughs> Look at Isaiah's smile. He's such a cheerful panel uh, panelist here. Uh, I, all right. This is, uh, tell us about this uh, this third round of so hot this, cocoa. This next round is a cocoa. I did, I did make my own cocoa um, mix, and we're calling this one a hot chocolate chai. So I wanted to do some different, different takes on hot cocoa today. Um, so this one, since I really like hot cocoa, I really like chai, I thought, well, what if those two just kind of became friends and sat in my cup. So <laughs> so this is a hot chocolate chai. Have, do, do any of you go um, get a hot like chai latte? No. I do sometimes. Okay. So it's, it's an <laughs> Indian tea tea drink, and um, it's become pretty popular. You can you can purchase chai tea bags now, so you can make it at mm-hmm. home, or you can go go purchase one Um at your at your coffee shop, if ever you're not in the mood for as much caffeine as a as a coffee beverage would provide, chai is going to provide quite quite a bit less caffeine. So, um, just a point of reference: a hot cocoa is going to give you about five milligrams of caffeine in one cup. Um, white chocolate is going to give you zero milligrams caffeine, and then our chai it contains about forty milligrams of caffeine compared to a cup of coffee that's going to have looks like one hundred twenty milligrams, if I'm reading that correctly. So this has a, a, a chai flavor. Are you noting some some different spices in there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So chai, what are some of the spices in chai? Thank you. Thanks, Jalen. What are some of the spices in, in a typical, chai? A typical chai recipe, it can, it can change. Mm-hmm. People can make it how they like it. But the most common ingredients in a chai are going to be <coughs> cardamom, cinema, cinnamon. <laughs> That's hard to say <laughs> let's, next let's to each just, other. Let's just put an M on the end of everything. Cardamom, cinnamon. Ginger, cloves, and pepper. So, are you noting some of those, some of those <laughs> spices? Look at those faces. They're the best. I'm so glad we're on Facebook Live. <laughs> KFUO Radio. Uh, Facebook.com slash KFUO Radio. You can see Isaiah's face as he responds to uh, the uh, variations on hot cocoa today. This is great. I, I like the creativity. I like to be creative with hot cocoa. Thanks. I actually, we sampled this one at, at home last night. And since it, it has very little caffeine, I was comfortable trying mm-hmm. it um, before before bed even. It, just the, the warmth and the comforting sensation kind of overtook the little bit of caffeine <coughs> that was in there. So it didn't keep me up at night. And um, and we tried this one and, and I really do like a strong chai flavor. So mm-hmm. what I chose to do was brew or rather steep the, I just used a tea bag. I brought these with me too. This is the kind I had. It happened to be a, a white chai. I did a really strong cup of tea because I didn't want to dilute the um, the flavor of the cocoa or the 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 milk too much. Mm-hmm. So a really strong tea, and then added my my um, whole milk and warmed that up, and added my cocoa powder, which which I made myself. And I've never done that before, but again, did a little bit of research and compared some different recipes, and sort of came up with my own creation, which was so easy. And um, 
all of the, all that it was was cocoa powder. You know, you can buy the just the the little tub of cocoa powder mm-hmm. and sugar. It was what were my what were my proportions? It was one part cocoa powder to one and a half parts sugar, roughly. So different recipes kind of calculated mm-hmm. it a different way, but approximately um, one one part of cocoa powder and one and a half parts sugar made a, a really big bowl of of um, cocoa mix that we're, my family is going to be able to use for the rest of the cold season. You can, did you know that you can make your own cocoa mix, your own cocoa powder? Yeah. Anybody done that before? No. no? <laughs> I like to make my own cocoa from scratch at home too. Uh, and, and I start with something similar. I usually will start with a whole milk. Um, and uh, a, a, the cocoa though, there are different types of cocoa. You can, did you know that there are different types of cocoa? Yes. There's a, a spice shop here in St. Louis that sells the high fat cocoa. Yeah, that's perfect for hot cocoa Is that in the winter. You use? Yes. Yeah. So uh, high fat cocoa, and then uh, I'll sweeten. Uh, use a variety of sweeteners, usually like a stevia or something like that to okay. sweeten it. But also a uh, a dash of cinnamon, about a and some some vanilla as well. Maybe a teaspoon, depending on how much I'm making, and a and a pinch of salt. Oh, I did put a pinch of salt in here, mm-hmm. too, forgot to tell you. Oh, that sounds delicious. Yeah, and just, uh, you know, I heat it up on the stove. I don't know what uh, what the official term for that is in cooking. What is that, food students? When uh, It's not boiling it. I'm just bringing it to a simmer. A simmer. Simmer. simmer, thank you. <laughs> simmer. Thank you, Isaiah. Uh, uh, yes, a medium simmer on uh, on the stovetop, and uh, the, it's that that uh, just dash of cinnamon and pinch of salt, a little bit of vanilla, really brings out I think all the flavor of the the cocoa. It's my favorite way to serve hot cocoa. That sounds tasty. Well, having having tried one version of a very simple mm-hmm. um, cocoa mix, I, I think I'll get a little little bit more creative next time. But this would be a really thing, a good thing to gift people around the holidays and not very expensive either. Pretty creative. I, I will say that the chai actually is very similar. It, it has a lot of similar flavors to the way that I prepare cocoa because you have the cinnamon and it, it, I think vanilla in it as well. Um, I, I haven't thought about adding a little bit of pepper. That would be fun. I have put a, a dash of cayenne in it before. Ever had hot cocoa with a dash of cayenne? That spices it up a lot. I don't think we got response on the, the, the chai cocoa this morning. What was your take on the chai cocoa? Oh, we'll start over here. Oh, uh, I liked it a lot. I probably drink it all the time. So. And you were a fan of chai to begin with, right? Yeah. So you, you get a chai latte every once in a while. Isaiah? <laughs> Just a pretty smile. Good, pretty good, pretty good. <laughs> Taylor? Um, I really didn't I really didn't like it. Um, uh, But that's I could take some cinnamon, though, mm-hmm. but I don't... Not your first choice. All right. Caitlin? Not going to lie. I thought it was going to be something pumpkin. <laughs> I kind of <laughs> smelled it, but I really liked it. I liked the chai flavor. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. So you were thinking it was uh, when you smelled the spices, mm-hmm. it reminded you of the like the pumpkin spice mm-hmm. things that, that all came out this fall. Uh, but you liked the, the, the combination of the, the chai spices with the cocoa. Excellent. Mr. Brockman, did you get a sample? Did. And I, I had the same initial reaction. I thought pumpkin spice or something at first. I'm not a huge chai fan. My wife would love that she drinks chai tea all the time. And I think she she would really like it. I, I prefer to try the first of the cocos the most. Here, One quick question, though. If we had done a blind taste test on the second one, because it was so bright and I could see that through. You guys even said that through. Y'all. I wonder if you would have liked it a little more if you hadn't seen it. 
first or not? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't make that much of an impact. Hard to say, huh? Yep. Interesting. Well, these have been some fun recipes, some some variations uh, on hot cocoa. What do you think? You going to go home and experiment with some cocoa in the kitchen now? Uh, no. What might you no? <laughs> Taylor's honest. Has it inspired you to be creative with uh, with your winter recipes? Try I might, something. I might mix a little white chocolate within it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, Taylor? You going to try something? Yeah. I mean, I like trying stuff with my hot chocolate. So. Yeah. Caitlin, you gonna try something, uh, a new variation? Definitely. Yeah. yeah. What do you think you might? What ideas are coming to mind for for your hot chocolate or hot cocoa? Probably the first one with the peppermint. Mm-hmm. Just drop a candy cane right in it. <laughs> it's an easy way to do it. A lot of the recipes that I looked at did use um, a little bit of mint extract, like mm-hmm. peppermint extract. But you could probably get creative with other with other extracts, maybe even almond or I don't know. Look through the options and. See what you see. I've learned with mint extracts that a little goes a long way. <laughs> you, I ended up with some really strong, minty strong stuff before when I, using mint extracts. Well, these are all fantastic uh, variations to try. Uh, I enjoyed trying the, the cheeses, the different uh, variations on hot cocoa, hot chocolate as well. Uh, we'll share recipes, some recipes as well. We can find them on the, the uh, some recipes on the St. Louis District Dairy Council website as well. You have some, maybe not necessarily these, but some other holiday and winter recipes as well. Of course, yeah. Please do check out our website. You'll, um, there's a lot of resources there. So our website is going to be stldairycouncil.org. And if you also want to check us out on Facebook, please do so. We are at STL Dairy Council. Uh, just a quick peruse of the St. Louis District Dairy Council, the stldairycouncil.org website, and butter shows up in the, uh, the first What's New column. So you have me at butter. Can we have a whole show on variations on butter? We can absolutely have a show on, on butter. As long as you allow me to be your um, Dairy Council representative, I would love to take part in that. <laughs> a whole hour on butter. Well, it, it has been a lot of fun. I want to give the students uh, an opportunity for some shout-outs to uh, their 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 teachers and friends back at Lutheran High School North. We'll start over here with uh, with Isaiah. Isaiah, you want to give a shout out to any teachers or any friends? Yeah, I'll give a shout out to um, LMBG. You know who you are. <laughs> My mom, dad, everyone else in the family. And um, Mr. Carson. Mr. Carson. Taylor? Um, I guess I'd like to give a shout out to all my friends and family. And uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I guess uh, who's my favorite teacher? Mr. Langfeld, you know. Caitlin. Shout outs to uh, teachers or friends at Lutheran High School North. Um, good shout out to my friends and family, um, and Mr. Dixon. Um, I'll give a shout out to friends and family, and I think Mr. Shadle. All right, Mr. Brockman, you got any shout outs today for uh, all the fine folks at Lutheran High School North? Yeah, I'll just say hey to all the students because I can't pick one one or two teachers. I'll be in trouble with the rest. Of you, so. <laughs> Go Crusaders! <laughs> Well, it has been fun, Camille. Do you have any shout-outs today? Of course. My main shout-out is to Jalen Munson, our one of our newer newer staff members. Thanks for your help today and for, for taking part in this. And, of course, the rest of the crew back at St. Louis District Dairy Council. Congratulations, Jalen. You made it through your first uh, food segment here at, on KFUO with the St. Louis District Dairy Council. We had a lot of fun, didn't we? We had a lot of fun, and I love the hot chocolate, so <laughs> I'm impressed.
and, and thanks so much, Camille, for uh, for practicing all these at home and uh, to your family for enduring all the practicing Maybe and, a and trying to them too. Yeah, <laughs> to your family <laughs> for uh, for helping us prepare for today. Always fun. STLDairyCouncil.org and uh, find out more about Lutheran High School North. How do we find out about that, Mr. Brockman? Uh, our web address, lhsnstl.org. Very good. Thank you all for being here today, and we'll see you next time. Coming up in just a little bit, Thy Strong Word right here on The Messenger of Good News, Worldwide KFUO. listening to Faith and Family, produced by Worldwide KFUO, the official broadcast ministry of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Your support is vital for this program to continue. To learn about giving opportunities, call Mary at 314-996-1518, or you can make a gift safe, secure, and easily online at kfuo.org. Thank you for listening and supporting Faith and Family on Worldwide KFUO.